Welcome to Building Insight, brought to you by the lawyers at Glayholt LLP. Building Insight is Canada's first podcast dedicated to construction law and dispute resolution. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi there. I am Andrew Salvador, here with Associate Brennan Maynard from Glayholt LLP. Today we'll be discussing an interesting Superior Court decision involving a court's interpretation of an insurance provision in a construction contract. In particular, we'll be looking into how a court could use insurance provisions to determine whether an owner is deemed to take on certain unforeseen risks. The case is called Jacob and LaBeouf Properties, and it's a very important decision for owners to consider when entering into construction contracts. The decision serves as a cautionary tale with respect to how courts interpret insurance provisions and the results that it may have on risk allocation as between owner and builder. The facts are quite straightforward. The plaintiff homeowner contracted with the defendant builder to demolish an old structure on the owner's land and to build a new one. In its statement of claim against the builder, the homeowner alleges that the builder's work was faulty. The homeowner claims damages for breach of contract and negligence. Now, one of the key facts in this case is that the contract between the owner and builder required that the owner purchase both property and third-party liability insurance. Specifically, the requirement was that the owner purchase and maintain property and third-party liability insurance in a form acceptable to the builder. The form of insurance requested by the builder was quite onerous. The terms required that the homeowner obtain insurance against defective design, workmanship, and materials. The decision turns on this contractual term as the defendant builder argued that the owner's obligation to insure against this risk relieved the contractor of its liability for damages caused by its own negligence. I will now turn to Brennan for his analysis on how the court assessed the builder's argument. The court in this instance cited to three cases which it held stood for the proposition that covenants to insure in construction contracts provide for an explicit allocation of risk as between the parties, which courts should strictly interpret and uphold. In the first case, the 2011 Ontario Superior Court decision of Greater Toronto Airports Authority Association, the court found that covenants to insure have been given a specific interpretation. They not only obligate one party to obtain insurance, but also relieve the other party for liability for losses that will be covered by the insurance, even if those losses will be caused by that party's negligence. The second case, the 1997 appeal decision of Madison Developments, supported this general proposition that covenants to insure represent a conscious allocation of risk as between the parties. In this case, a subcontractor's negligence caused a fire on a construction project. However, the court nevertheless found the subcontractor not liable for the resulting fire damage due to the owner's failure to obtain the contractually mandated fire coverage on the project. Similarly, in the third case cited by the court in Jacobs, the more recent 2005 appeal decision of active fire protection, a subcontractor is found not liable for its negligence leading to a flood on the project where the owner failed to obtain the contractually required all-risks insurance that would have covered the flood damage. Applying these three cases, The court in Jacobs found that a written commitment to obtain insurance operates as a voluntary assumption by that party of the risks and losses that will be covered by that insurance. It is worth noting, however, 
that all these cases dealt with damage resulting from a specific identifiable event, such as a fire or flood, and not damages resulting from negligent workmanship, materials, or design. So Andrew, given that the court here applied these cases to hold a homeowner liable for the deficient work of its own general contractor, what are the broader implications of this decision? Thanks, Brendan. I agree that there are some interesting implications arising from this decision. First, you need to consider whether a homeowner can actually obtain the insurance that they agreed to get in their contract. In this instance, the owner agreed to obtain insurance covering defective design, workmanship, and materials. From the point of view of an insurer, they may be hesitant to offer this type of insurance, especially in a case when a particular builder does not have a large and reputable portfolio. Further, and to point out the obvious, an insurer will likely be concerned about a builder's incentive to do a great job on the project, knowing that an insurance policy will kick in if the builder is sloppy with their design or work. Stated alternatively, an insurer may be concerned that its interests and the builder's interests are far from aligned. Second, if this is indeed an insurable risk, you'll need to think about premiums and how expensive they may be for this type of broad coverage. Ostensibly, the bargain that you are getting from your builder as a result of this owner's clause may be offset significantly by an expensive insurance premium. Taking on to that last point, Andrew, another possible issue is the commercial reasonableness of the court here upholding a contract requiring an owner to obtain such a policy given the cost implications you've just raised. Now, looking at this case from the perspective of litigation counsel, uh, particularly where they find themselves advising a client who has failed to obtain the contractually required insurance, it will be important to review the terms of the contract carefully to see whether your client can reasonably frame their claim as arising from a risk outside the contractually required insurance policy. This could, if successfully done, at least rule out a Rule 20 dismissal of your client's action and help avoid ending up in the same situation as a plaintiff in the within case. The ultimate takeaway from this case is that parties should really look at the insurance provisions and consider them as an allocation of risk, instead of just boilerplate terms that can be ignored until a problem arises on a construction project. If the owner is assuming the responsibility of obtaining extensive insurance coverage, the owner should ensure they are receiving a corresponding discount or benefit from their contractor on the price and material and services contracted for. Thank you very much for your analysis, Brennan. For full case names and citations, please visit the notes section in this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit glayholt.com for more information. If you have any questions, email us at info at We look forward to having you join us again.